Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi there. My name is Jenny Rooney, Chief Experience Officer and host of Adweek's Marketing Vanguard podcast. We're so excited to bring you insightful content from key marketing leaders and thinkers. Together, we'll dive into discussions with CMOs and other C-suite executives who are tasked daily with making decisions that in incremental or monumental ways move the needle for their brands, their companies, and the customers they serve. In each episode, we'll focus on one key idea or decision, why they made it, what it caused, whether it worked, and how it has defined the person as a business leader. We also address missteps, poor choices, and gambles, as mistakes, of course, often yield the greatest knowledge. Also, we'll ask each guest to share the names of the people they rely on daily, as well as a recommendation for who we should interview next. I so look forward to sharing these conversations with all of you. Together, we'll tell a new narrative about the power of marketing leadership in driving business growth. Looking forward to having you join us soon. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Marketing Vanguard podcast here at Adweek. I'm Jenny Rooney. I'm the Chief Experience Officer here, and I'm so thrilled to be joined today by Elizabeth Marquez. She is the head of marketing at Dryer's Grand Ice Cream. Elizabeth, welcome. Hi, Jenny. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being here. I'm excited to get into this conversation, and I'm really excited to meet you. Um, one of the things I love about this podcast is uh, you know, I, I frankly, through this and through these conversations, I get to to meet new marketing leaders um, that I haven't yet had a chance to get to know. And so um, one of the things we do with Marketing Vanguard Podcast is we really get into understanding the people behind the titles, right? And understanding the leaders behind the big brands um, and small brands that we all know and love. And so, you know, I would love for you to tell a little bit about, start by telling our audience and me too, a little bit about you, your background, you know, what you've done previously in your career that's led you to this place now. And then we'll get into to what you're doing at the moment. So. Sure. Um, thank you. All right. So let's see, what what is the right place to start? So I, my family immigrated to the U.S. when I was a teenager uh, and we came from Puerto Rico to uh, Rochester, New York. So quite a transition uh, in the middle school years. (laughs) Yes. Um, And uh, we moved there. I lived there, went to college there. Actually, interestingly enough, my love for food started with my part time job in high school. And I worked for Wegmans Food Markets, uh, which is based out of Rochester. If you know, it is a a family owned grocery chain and they have such passion for food. And I started working there when I was uh, 16 years old and had the opportunity to work in 
very many different departments from their seafood department to their front end. Uh, while I was in college, I interned with them, uh, interned in human resources, uh, and ultimately ended uh, in a role in operations, uh, helping to run an actual store uh, before I went to business school in North Carolina. But my love for food, my love for people's interest in food uh, started at a very young age there. And then I moved over to do my MBA at UNC Chapel Hill. And between my first and second year, I had the opportunity to intern at Nestle in California. And I had wanted to uh, get an internship in marketing, brand marketing, really, and had the opportunity to do that at Nestle. I wanted to uh, work on a multicultural campaign. Personally, that was a passion of mine. And I had such a great opportunity to do that right, uh, right in business school uh, with Nestle. And then I graduated and made my way west to warm sunshine weather, like I remember as a kid from Puerto Rico, and have been in California ever since. Started in beverages uh, with Nestle, worked there uh, until about four years ago, actually six years ago, and then moved to ice cream, uh, where I've been since 2017. And in the last four years, I've took on the role of head of marketing for Dryer's Grand Ice Cream, which is uh, an incredibly fun and fulfilling job. But um, as you can tell, my whole career has been always around around food and and my love for it. I love that. And I think it's so interesting because a lot of CMOs I talk to, honestly, they've bounced from one kind of area, you know, or moved, I should say, from one area or one industry to another. And I think there's a lot of, um, that's, that's a very interesting path to take. On the flip side, what you've done is, you know, you've really dug into a category that it feels like, or it sounds like you have a lot of passion for, as you said, and it's, I liken it to almost journalists, right? I mean, you know, journalists have beats. They have areas of expertise and areas of specialty that they go deep on and that they build on over the course of their career. And it feels like on the marketing side, that's what you've been able to do. What is it about food brands in particular that, you know, so captures you and that you think um, in turn so capture uh, consumers? And by the way, Consumers are very fickle when it comes to food brands. And so that's that right there is a built-in challenge. So tell me a little bit about that dynamic. Yeah, no, it's such a great question. I mean, personally, I think I've, you know, always grown up around food and the way that food can make people feel. And I think about that from uh, my young days when I lived in Puerto Rico or when my family moved to the U.S. and how we use food as a way to connect to our culture, our, our, our roots, but also to connect as a family, right? And, and whether that was the family meals. And I replicate that today with my own family and our we have two young children and, and sort of what it means to sit around a table and share meals together. So for me, that's always sort of been at the root of it. Um, marketing for me, what was what was great is that it gave me an opportunity to learn and understand, obviously not just my own uh, love for food and sort of what inspires it, but really have an opportunity to, through the work in different categories, whether it was beverages for instant coffee, um, ready to drink milk, or my tenure now on ice cream to understand sort of the why behind people uh, choose our products, our brands. Um, and that for me, what's great is that, you know, you mentioned consumers can be fickle. And what I love about that is that I find myself always learning, right? Because what is of today could change for tomorrow. And, and I think when you're in marketing, you're kind of always a student, a student of what's changing from a consumer perspective, a student of what's changing from a marketing perspective, a, a marketing uh, landscape perspective. So I, for me, it's been really just a great journey and, and a great growth opportunity for me to just be connected to food, but in, in different ways. 
Yes. And I must say, I live in New Jersey. And so Wegmans, I know, I know well, uh, the Wegmans experience. So you've, you know, you've, and Nestle, I mean, you've also benefited and, and found your way into some really amazing companies previously too, that, that like absolutely have quality associated with, with their names and sort of their positioning and, and with their products. Um, Tell us a little bit about Dryers Grand Ice Cream because obviously it uh, Dryers is a, is a consumer facing brand itself of course of products but you also obviously have um other other product other brands that um uh, fit under the Dryers umbrella so talk a little bit about the mechanics of the company Yes for sure absolutely so we are um Dryers Grand Ice Cream is a is a company with a really strong portfolio of brands the brands that consumers probably would easily recognize are Haagen-Dazs which is our brand in the super premium space and it's our our biggest brand and the largest brand in ice cream uh we also have Drumstick uh and that is a really um uh not just a fun name but a really interesting brand with great history and heritage and a brand that's loved by so many Americans. My kids uh, love drumsticks. Yes. Oh, sure. good, good. I'm so glad. My kids do too. It is really, it's a great eat. It's, uh, it's a fun brand. I think as, as a marketing team, we just have from the product to the marketing of it. We have so much fun with it. Outshine, which is uh, the leader in healthy snacking, so our fruit bars you may be familiar with. Yep. Um, yep. Also a popular uh, brand in our house here. Um, we also have Oreo frozen desserts. So we brought the Oreo the beloved Oreo brand into ice cream uh, in 2022, uh, and that's part of our ice cream family. And then our same, our namesake brand, Dryers on the West Coast, known as Edie's on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And then some other brands that you may also know are Skinny Cow is one of our oh, brands. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And then we have other um, smaller brands, uh, licensed products that we uh, bring into ice cream. But I just shared with you sort of our 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 bigger uh, brands that are in ice cream. So we have a we have an ice cream for everyone is what I tell people when I meet them, uh, yeah. when I ask them, when they ask me where I work and I say I work in ice cream. I obviously, <laughs> I'm sure I have a brand for you. I have a delicious product for you. Tell me what you like. And there's always uh. something. Well, I mean, I hesitate to ask this because I feel like we're also all far on the other side of it. But, you know, obviously I have to think my mind goes to, you know, what wine and ice cream during the pandemic. And I think you probably also experienced some shifts in consumer habits um, during a time when none of us could actually go outside and and engage in the world. Talk a little bit about, you know, kind of like what was that like for your company? How did you sort of um, you know, react to and weather the spikes and also how are you, you know, how do you basically go through a situation or a period like that, perhaps where you saw dramatic consumer uh, change or shifts and also thinking about how you needed to be there for consumers during a, a challenging time, but also how you sort of then move forward. I'm just, I'm actually very curious about that. Yes, for sure. You know, for a little bit of context, um, our company was our Dryers Grand Ice Cream part of Nestle was sold into a joint venture in February of 2020. So we became actually our own standing ice cream company, um, part of the Ferneri uh, Global Ice Cream Group. And that was in February, 2020. That's when I took on the new role as a head of marketing. And then March hit, right? And we wow. know what happened. And um, we all went to working from home. A lot changed for all of us, right? And and I think for me, when I reflect back on that time, you know, think about leading a, a team, a much bigger team that I had been used to, right? Across multiple mm. businesses, but also leading a team at a time of so much uncertainty for us personally, mm-hmm. as well as business, right? I think we all woke up. For me personally, I thought, oh, this, we're going to be home for a week, two weeks. And <laughs> as you know, that was not the case. Um, we were home for quite some time. And I think that was a difficult time. And, uh, you know, I reflect on it. I think 
you know, as a leader, it was part of having empathy and understanding that we were at home trying to do so many things. We were trying to run a business with, as you said, spike in demands on uh, on our products, right? People were now not eating out, but eating at home. And how do we manage that within our manufacturing footprint? We were running a business while we were home teaching our children uh, math, uh, you know, third grade math, fourth grade math, or teaching our kindergartner how to read and doing all that virtually. So it was, you know, for me personally, it was a, a time of a lot of growth. But for the business, it was also a really um, unique time in that, you know, with our 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 global counterparts, um, it helped us understand from a consumer demand standpoint where we had some capacity constraints as a company and where mm. we could make sure that we could have enough products for our consumers across our the brands I mentioned today, across the different platforms. And even though we were virtually, we were working harder than ever in making sure that we put together strong plans, both from a capacity and a consumer standpoint to make sure that we were delivering to consumers the ice creams they loved with the best quality, because that's always at the center of what we did. And we certainly had to make some sacrifices across those the time that uh, with the accelerated demand. Now, what you're seeing is, as you mentioned, right, people are back um, out eating out, right? Restaurants are starting to be filled. Uh, people are more comfortable going out. Um, and, you know, there's certainly a settling that's happening in the category. But what I'll share is that from an ice cream category standpoint, the category has sustained some of those um, some of those habits and some of those points of strength, particularly we see it on the snacking side of the business, right? There's mm -hmm. packaged ice cream that you eat with a spoon in a bowl, and there's what we call the snacking side. So the drumstick that your kids love, um, or the individual wrapped outshine paddles, uh, fruit bars, um, that side of the business accelerated through um, through COVID, right? And it was it had always been moving that way, but certainly um, we saw a much faster speed of growth on that side of the business. So as a company, we worked on building the capital, uh, the capacity to sustain that. Um, and we're glad we did because as we sit here in 2023, we're still seeing strength in those areas where we um, have strong brands and where we took the time over the two years to build strength on the capacity side. But it well, was a it was a lot happening in the corner of our in my case the corner of my bedroom where I put a makeshift office and for my teams the same. Um, but it probably brought us very close together and and certainly we knew that through those difficult times ice cream brought people a smile right and it brought a little bit of joy during a time that was incredibly tough for so many Americans right. So for us, I think we kept focused on that, right? We can bring a little bit of happiness, a little bit of joy. Let's make sure we bring the best products. Let's make sure we bring the best quality. And let's make sure our products are available when the consumer wants them and when they need them. Yeah. Well, I mean, talk about, you know, trial by fire. I mean, you, you're coming in in February 2020 and then having to lead through that. Um, you know, I mean, it's just such a confluence of challenges that you were faced with, you know, as a business leader in the organization. So kudos to you for you know, getting through that. And, um, and honestly, the fact that you're, you're there and you're able to sort of enjoy now this, this sort of other side and this, this sort of, you know, the new era now as you come into it, but that, that is a lot. I mean, it, it clearly must've been a test for you, um, you know, personally, but also professionally talk a little bit about your leadership style. And, you know, in the marketing Vanguard podcast, I like to ask people about, you know, key decisions they've made, that they feel have been really super pivotal because at the end of the day, being a, any sort of business leader, of course, is 
facing forks in the road at every, you know, every, every minute of every hour of every day and having to make those key decisions that are ultimately going to drive business growth. Talk about a key decision that you've had to make either during that period or since then that you think has been really pivotal and that you look back on and say, wow, you know, either you, you came away with some important learning from that um, or your team did. Um, you know, or your colleagues did talk, talk a little bit about an inflection point that you claim um, that's been a reference point for you. Yes. I think, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll pick on one that's uh, close and dear to my heart. And that was the um, repositioning of our Haagen-Dazs brand, um, you know, right during that time of the pandemic. Right. And, and as we're all working remotely and our, and our team is working, uh, you know, across, um, across different markets, um, but together on how do we relaunch this business, we had made a decision to reposition our brand. And really, when we looked at our Haagen-Dazs brand, uh, we loved it. You know, it's a beloved brand known for high quality, but it wasn't a brand that had certainly stayed with what was happening in culture and what was happening uh, in terms of our consumer base. So I think for me, when we started that journey back in 2020 on the repositioning, but it wasn't just externally repositioning, we really looked internally and decided that as a brand, we were going to be more inclusive in everything we did. And that included obviously talent in front of the camera, but behind the camera, uh, mm-hmm. making sure that we were taking the opportunity to bring up and coming talent into the work that we were doing. And I I have a few examples that I love. If you can indulge me, I'll share one. Yes, definitely. Um, we had hired a young photographer to do all the photography for our campaign uh, in year one, Tyrell is his name. And he took all of these beautiful photos. And I remember being in the photo shoot. He's up and coming. Um, our agency partner helped us find him. So that was year one. Uh, year two, uh, he also helped us with some additional uh, content. And then year three, he was in front of the camera because he was actually in our Haagen-Dazs butter cookie cone creative uh, TV creative campaign, our campaign. So I, I I use that as an example because we were truly committed to finding young talent that we could bring along in our journey and support their own goals and objectives, uh, but also having them be part of our transformation in multiple ways. The last piece of that that I, I look back and I'm incredibly proud of is that, um, you know, we talk about... Uh, being accessible, right, and and being inclusive, and as a brand, Hagen Dazs also committed to donating 1.5 million dollars over three years to re- helping lift uh, underrepresented tastemakers. We call them creators, and that was part of our journey that we started three years ago. And I'm just incredibly proud of the work we did, but the work that we continue to do to make sure that it's it's part of our brand DNA now that it's work that we're doing forward and that our incredible team that works on this business, many people touch the hog and that's brand in different ways are also very aware and very intentional on the work we're doing. So I'd say for me, if I look back at the last uh, four years, three years, that was an incredible pivotal point making the decision, but also making sure that all of our actions then and now are really supportive of our mission to, as a brand, um, be more inclusive of our entire consumer base. You know, Haagen-Dazs is loved by many, right? Young and old and and people from different places. And we want to show that in all the work we do. So I'd say for me, that was a pivotal point and one that I'm incredibly proud of all the work the team did to, to achieve it and continues to do today. So did that work? I mean, did that obviously, you know, what kind of metrics or what are you looking at to see? Because you said when you set out uh, to do it, you said, you know, it hadn't, the Haagen-Dazs brand hadn't 
kept up with culture, you know, and obviously what I'm hearing in that is, you know, you needed to make sure that you were to your point accessible and relevant and, um, you know, a considered choice for uh, perhaps younger generations that were not as familiar with it, but like what has been the outcome of that effort in, 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 um, you know, in the metrics that you've been seeing and, and what gives you the, you know, confidence to move forward and continue with that. For sure. Well, over the course of the work we did, our brand became the number one brand in uh, all of ice cream. So for us, that was a really great milestone that showed that the work we were doing was um, seen by consumers, accepted by consumers. And, you know, certainly, you know, they showed our love for our brand in, in terms of how, you know, when they were going down that aisle, they were picking us. Right. So I think for us, that that's one metric. Certainly the consumer engagement and the feedback that we get real time. Right. I think marketing now is beautiful and brilliant in that way that you get real time consumer feedback on how things are being received, how, how what we're doing, how it's impacting. And I think the last piece, and I mentioned this already, is the the work we've done to give back to the community and helping these organizations and seeing these organizations being able to carry their mission forward for us is another metric that we're incredibly proud of. And that's not a sales metric. That is just, you know, doing the right thing and supporting organizations that we think um, have an opportunity to to bring uh, young talent that tends to be not represented in many areas to the forefront. So I say those are some of the signals that we see. Obviously, our share growth and our sales growth are incredibly important because we're creating value for our company. But I think the feedback we're getting from consumers makes us feel really great about the work we're doing. We'll be back with more Marketing Vanguard after this quick break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, Elizabeth, I want to ask you now um, a little bit about, you know, internally, um, who do you align with and who do you collaborate with most, um, you know, uh, most successfully, but most, most necessarily within your organization? I mean, you know, we continue to have conversations as I'm sure you pay attention to with, you know, marketing leaders and they talk about how aligning with their CFO is just so key um, and pivotal. And obviously, you know, sharing the same vision as the CEO is is necessary um, to be successful. Talk a little bit about the dynamics that you personally have found um, helpful, but also the ones that are probably, you know, more challenging that you need to navigate and, and the conversations you need to have as a marketing leader within your company to make sure that, you know, marketing has a seat at the table. You, you know, you have a voice that's represented in business conversations um, in a way that's meaningful to, to continue, um, you know, the forward momentum. Yes. Yeah. Great question. You know, I think for me, if I take a step back, 
the key thing that's critical for all the leaders across the functions, whether it's our CFO, as you mentioned, whether it's our CEO, is it um, we all want to make sure we're delivering the very best ice cream to our consumers every day. Mm-hmm. And that we're building brands that consumers love and that they want to have in their in their homes. So I think our mission of the product being the best, our consumer connections being the best is the same regardless of who you speak to. So I think that starts us off with the same objective, right? You know, I think as marketers, certainly our job is to be storytellers, to create connections with consumers, uh, to make sure that we are bringing new products that consumers love and working with our product development teams to make that happen. But it doesn't happen in isolation. For me, it's an incredible collaboration across all the leaders. And because we have ultimately the same vision of wanting to be the very best ice cream company really in the world, but he's certainly here in the U.S. I think those conversations are easier to have. I mean, I think certainly as marketers, we know that we have to show things like our marketing effectiveness, and we have to show that as we're bringing new items to the market, that we are bringing those based on really good consumer insights, right? And and showing that in the way those products do in the marketplace. That's our job. Um, But I think for me, it's about having a common goal and having honest conversations, right? We don't always have to agree, but I think is having honest conversations around the business and what we're trying to do and being transparent when something isn't working as well. I think for me, that's probably the biggest piece I, you know, offer in terms of advice is that, you know, we have to collaborate and be honest where we're doing well. We talk a lot about what are the reds, right? What isn't working versus spending all of our time on just the greens. And that can be a difficult conversation for Mm. people to have, difficult to have maybe in front of your colleagues or your peers. But we as a company and the culture we create is that that is what we want to focus on is what are the things that are not working? And it's not about blaming. It's about having good discussions because good ideas, good thinking can come from anywhere. It doesn't always have to be from marketing. So I'd say that's probably something that's a bit unique in the way that we work as a team is sort of this focus on the reds across the areas and how do we work on that together can be uncomfortable sometimes, right? If you have a lot of reds, it's not good. Uh, The conversations can be a little tough, but I think that is the culture we created as a company and, and, you know, we're working on it, but that makes a big difference. Yeah. You know, the mechanics of marketing, the, you know, the focus, the tools at your disposal, I mean, they're constantly changing. So like every day there's something new, obviously right now, you know, Gen AI is just the hottest thing that everyone's talking about. And depending on who you speak with, um, it'll be gone by this time next year mm-hmm. <laughs> in the same way that we saw the, the NFT, you know, the NFT boom um, last year, but, or others are saying, no, this is absolutely here to say it's, it's, it's going to deeply uh, change, you know, um, so many mechanics of business. Social media obviously changes the dynamics of how you engage with your your um, with your consumers. You know, what's the area that you personally, as a marketing leader, feel you need to double down on from an education standpoint? You know, what are the areas that you want to quickly get up to speed on, and the things that you don't always want to let the world know you don't know as much about, <laughs> but you know, you yeah. know that your peers are feeling the same way. You know, what is that area that you just you really are hungry for more knowledge about? For sure, you know, yes, I, I think there's one, and I'm I I'm learning, right? I mean, I think I started marketing in 2002. That was a long time ago. Our marketing plans look so different back then, right? I, I think about them and the way we market today. 
it can be scary, you know, when there's areas that are up and coming. And I'll talk about one that is not so new, but it was it was difficult for me at first. And that was the entire world of TikTok. And I have to be honest. Uh huh. I I didn't get it. I don't understand it. I still I'm learning. But what we did, I'll pick on that one as an example, is um, we hired two incredible creators on our team. They know this world better than I will ever know it. Yeah. And I think for me, part of it is the trust in that they are the experts. I am not. I am the learn. I'm the student. And I have to learn. But it is funny because when they were showing me their initial content that they were creating, they would always come to me, Jenny, and this is what they say before they showed me the video. You're not going to get it, but we want to show you this. And they would show me the video and I'd be like, I don't get it. Do you get it? They're like, yes. I'm like, then let's do it. And I think that for me, uh, this one I use as an example, because that team has been so successful. We have Drumstick has a huge following on TikTok. I have to be honest. 90% of what gets put on there, I don't get, but consumers love it. We have millions of views behind videos that would never enter my mind to create. They just wouldn't. So I think as a leader for me, that's an area that I'm still very uncomfortable, but I'm very trusting because the team that works on that, they are the experts, right? And they always try to teach me, right? They'll say, oh, this is how you do this, or look at this. this. We brought two trends together. So they're great about making me smarter. But I am also comfortable that there are things that I just will never be the expert in. And it's about surrounding yourself with people who are, who get it, but also giving them the freedom to go do their work, right? And and letting them be successful in that. So I think for me, that's one that I always bring up. My kids will know more about TikTok than I ever will. And that's okay, but I'm a student and I'm learning. And I'm sure something else will come in, right? AI, that whole area coming up now. I mean, just learning there as well, right? So I, I, it goes back to what I said originally. What I love about this job is I'm always learning. There's always something new. And I find that incredibly exciting and, uh, and humbling some days for sure. I I love that. I, I don't know. I feel like one of the biggest, most, um, under talked about or, or, or under celebrated skills that a CMO, um, has or should have is curiosity, right? I mean, if you can't, bring a level of curiosity and and to your point and exactly as you are a hunger for knowledge and un- understanding and continually learning you're not going to be successful because that's what this job is all about i mean at the end of the day it's like it, nothing's nothing static um so it's it's super excited and and i and i love to hear that that enthusiasm for, from you around around that topic my last quick question, and unfortunately, we're coming to the end of the conversation, but there's so many more things I want to talk to you about, Elizabeth, and I hope hope we can do so in person sometime very soon. But really, the last question I'm going to ask is, who's next? So, on the Marketing Vanguard podcast, you know, part of part of sort of our our reason for being is um, is you know, yes, getting in front of leading marketing executives who are driving change in the industry, but also, you know shining spotlight on other people that we don't know. And so, um, you know, who's somebody who you admire from afar, somebody you know well, but, you know, otherwise somebody who is, um, you know, in the marketing leadership sphere, who you think we should interview next for the Marketing Vanguard podcast? I love that question. I mean, I think there's two and one is a recency factor. So I feel like the marketing that's been done around the Barbie movie has been incredible. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't unsee it, right? It's everywhere. Uh, I've seen the movie, frankly, twice. One by myself with friends, and one with my daughter. Um, and I just think they did such a brilliant job. So Josh uh, Goldstein, who's the head of marketing for Warner Brothers, I think. I mean, it's just it's such an incredible case on marketing 
So I feel like that if you haven't interviewed him, I'd be so curious about their thinking and how they approached it because it is an incredible success, right? It, it got people to go see this movie in ways that was incredibly unexpected. Yeah. So um, I think for me, that's one. If I could give you a second one. Of course. There's a yeah. beverage brand coming up called Olipop. And I don't know if you tried it, but it's a natural soda. And I think it's one of those brands is starting small, but it is going to, it's going to become a big brand. And I feel like what they've done from a packaging standpoint, their product, all of it is just, incredibly creative in a very crowded space, right? If you think about beverages. So I think the person leaving their marketing uh, on that brand, I'd be curious on how they're approaching it because those smaller businesses, oftentimes they have a harder time, right? I have, I have budgets, I have teams and oftentimes it's just a small team, very um, scrappy doing the work. So I'm curious on, on the work they're doing there. So those would be mine. Awesome, awesome suggestions. Um, we will have both of them on. So listen in um, in the future because yes, no doubt those are two great, great folks to have on and, and to explore um, explore marketing strategy with in the future. Um, Elizabeth, this has been lovely and I've loved every minute of talking to you. I'm, I'm so, so excited that we're connected. And I, like I said, I look forward to talking to you again very, very soon. Um, thank you for being here. And um, let's do this again. Thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you for listening to Marketing Vanguard, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Jordan Pretano, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGibney at Batwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.